All right, here's a header, here's a straight hetero story for you. I couldn't have sex with him. I, I would, I wouldn't be able to not laugh. Hello and welcome. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. It's me, Brian Beckner, episode 17. You know the routine. Uh, stoked you're here. Stoked you're t- tuning in. Tell your friends. Subscribe on iTunes. Do all of that stuff. Do everything. Make people know about this. Help us out. Do us a solid. A couple new things happening on the website. Today, we debuted our mailbag feature will allow me to retort. And uh, so I encourage you. There's a new email address, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com and send us anything. Uh, we're really trying to make this more interactive. So if, if you have questions, statements, soliloquies, really jokes or what you guys think are jokes, we'll be the judge of that. So send, we got some good ones. We got some good final fours. We got some interesting responses when we put it out there last week and we responded to to them today in, in the first mailbag blog post. So that's something we'd like to do every week. Like if we get enough responses, um, we'll, we'll talk about them on the show. We'll post them on the blog, you know, just any, any way that we can make, maybe we'll put out more topics as we go along um, and, and you can respond topically. So mailbag, at theballerlifestyle.com. Also, another feature upcoming is our sex and relationship advice column, which I feel like has a lot of potential. Fancy sex. That's that's going to be staffed and written by our own pop culture correspondent, Fancy Sauce. So any kind of your sex, you got to, you know, your dong's too big got an extra ball, you're not taking care of the wife. Like I'm more interested in the relationship stuff, but any kind of sex and relationship inquiries you have, anything you want to talk about, send that to Fancy Sex and Fancy, you guys should all know by now, Fancy, F-A-N-C-E-E, Fancy Sex at theballerlifestyle.com and we want to make that a feature and that, that, that'll all be, both will be anonymous if that's what you want. If you want us to put your email on there, we'll do that too. But just try to make it more interactive, more interesting, more of you talking to us um, and vice versa. Coming up on the show today, the final four just popped off this week. The NCAA championship between two of the just dirtiest, dirty college basketball programs there have ever been. Uh, so that I don't I can't imagine anybody being too excited about that, but it's definitely something that needs to be discussed because no one seems to want to talk about. Hey, look at all these dirty, dirty programs doing dirty things because there's just too much money involved, I guess. But we're going to talk about that. Uh, pro wrestling, a lot, lot going on with pro wrestling. I wouldn't know about it because uh, sometime back in the '80s, I had an 11th birthday and at that point didn't care anymore about pro wrestling, but. I, I don't – as far as I know, I don't follow anybody under the age of 13 on Twitter.com, but apparently lots of people that I do follow are really into pro wrestling. And the Ultimate Warrior, who's a guy from my child – I know the Ultimate Warrior. 
He's like one like all these guys you're talking about now. I don't know about, but I know about the Ultimate Warrior because he was doing his thing when I was nine, which is when you're supposed to be into wrestling. So that he he's dead, by the way. Breaking news: Ultimate Warrior dead. Also, Ultimate Warrior guy that called himself the Ultimate Warrior as an adult. Something to think about. Um, and also, there was a WrestleMania, and people are freaking out because. The Undertaker, who's a character, lost for the first time. I, apparently, they don't know it's scripted. It's not. There's no real winning or losing. It's just whatever they tell them to do, they do. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, everybody's favorite topic or everybody's favorite segment, I should say, Fancy Pop. The pop, pop culture report coming up later with Fancy Sauce. And I don't know what she's bringing. I'm sure she's she's been watching Lohan. So get ready for that. I've actually I've kept pace with Lohan a little bit. I'm one episode behind, so I'll I will be gaining some knowledge from this as well. But we're definitely talking Lohan and, and whatever else is going on in the world of pop culture. You know, I don't I don't stay abreast of that stuff, so that's why we bring on Fancy Sauce because she's going to clue us in on everything we need to know. Joining me now, as always, best part of the show. My favorite person to interact with online and off, my main man, Ed Daly. Ed, how's it going? Brian, it's, uh, it's going well. One, I'm, I'm very relieved you, you introduced, slowly introduced the uh, love and relation or sex and relationship advice column, but you didn't say it was going to be written by Fancy, and I was getting a little nervous that I might have to be asked to give any sort of advice on sex or relationships. Oh, which... you will, you will be asked to weigh in at some <laughs> point because I I feel like, for lack of a better term, Fancy and I are going to tag team this. She'll she'll offer sort of like what you and I do with the mailbag. Gotcha. We, we we get the questions or we both respond to whatever's sent in, and I think that Fancy and I will do the same thing. We'll have the male perspective and the female perspective on any questions we get. I can't imagine we're going to get a lot of female questions. <laughs> I mean, questions from females, but, but hopefully we do. Um, well, yeah, I would just say my, my sex technique, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you this, this whoa. is what I know about sex. Whoa. You know, the movie Big, when like the 13 year old boy becomes Tom Hanks and yes. he has sex in the bunk bed? Yes. Like, I'm kind of like that. Like, you, if you didn't know better, you'd think I was just a 13 year old boy transported into a man's body. I mean, you, you like to downplay it. I mean, I don't, I don't know you that well. I don't know. I know that you're a married man. I don't know your wife, although I've offered you several times to ask her to be text buddies with me because i feel like <laughs> she said she said that sounds like a good idea and that's when i ended the discussion yeah i feel like she and i could be mates i feel like we could forge a bond uh that hasn't come to fruition but i and i know you like to downplay your sexual prowess but i'll i'll just offer this of the two people in this conversation one of us i know for a fact is a member of the Mile High Club, and I'm just going to say it's not me. <laughs> that that is that is technically incorrect. <laughs> one of us has one of us has almost been a member of the Mile High Club. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
Shall we get to it? <laughs> what, do you, I mean, I'm not asking you to tell the story. Sure. I'm just okay. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Okay, just like right. just like your trip to the bathroom on United on United Airlines. Oh yeah. Are you not allowed? Are, are you allowed back on United Airlines? By the way. Uh, what, what, I don't even remember what you're talking about. What was the bathroom trip? Oh, your your Mile High Club. Oh, the Mile. Yeah, this was uh, Virgin Atlantic. Oh, okay. Which, Virgin, Virgin would be the key word there. Right. Um, so uh, it was a trip uh, to Europe in college. Baller. I am wearing my girlfriend down. Like yeah. just come on, let's let's give it a shot. It, it was a I think it was a red eye, so like a lot of the lights were off, and I figured here's here's my chance. Like let's. Let's do this. And so finally I caught a moment of weakness, whatever it was, mm-hmm. maybe a cocktail. She agrees. So she's like, all right. Let's go. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back there and then you can meet me. You can meet me, uh, you know, 30 seconds, whatever. Or something stupid that obviously anyone who was paying attention would know what was going on. Of course. But everybody's asleep. So, right, right. So I excitedly maybe after 11 seconds, I uh, – with a little uh, – Pep in my step, go right back to the uh, the uh, restroom, and I go in, and it's super cramped. Like those are small, small areas. When when you're using it to just relieve yourself, you notice how small it is. But then when you're thinking Mile High Club, you start romanticizing it, and you're like, all right, yeah, we can do this. Two people, it's unacceptable in there. Yeah. Oh, it's practically impossible. It's, if you've the ever smell had, is bad. If, if you've bad. ever had to evacuate on an airplane, and I'm not saying I have, but if I had, I would know that it's extremely difficult to do anything like get your pants up and down in an, in an airliner restroom. Practically impossible. Go on. All right, so we get in there, and then it's a quick discussion of logistics. All right, leg, leg here, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then there starts to be some disrobing going on, but then it's dark, and you, you really don't want to chance it in the dark. It, I mean, the amount of pubes and blue water, whoa, whoa, whoa. And all, all the stuff going on there. Like, you need some light in there. The odor. I I can't get past the odor because I feel like two seconds into the flight, that bathroom is reeking. Go on. And I know shit's got to go down real quick, or else. The, the the whole thing is going to be lost. Like that smell is probably going to overwhelm her soon. So I had to get it done. Yeah. So I'm just scrambling to find like why the light isn't on. I'm hitting things on the wall buttons. I'm I'm guessing that a 19 year old Ed Daly doesn't might, have might not, might not have kept my cool so much. Right, and I I don't think um, finishing quickly was going to be an issue for you. Finishing quickly is never an issue for me. Good for you. Um, and I was hitting things on the wall, like trying to get the light on. And I finally were, we're, we're at least pantsless. Yeah. I'd say both of us are pantsless. Maybe that's what's going on. And, uh, all of a sudden there's a, uh, commotion at the door and the door swings open. And one of the flight attendants is just staring at me and me with little Ed just <laughs> hanging out, flapping in the breeze. Big little Ed. And it's a British flight attendant, and she's like, "Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. What? What is it? We, we do not do that here." And I was like, "Well, ah, just we're brushing our teeth. I, I, I don't. Uh, the the light wasn't on." She's like, 
Yeah, the the latch, you had not locked the door, so that's why the light didn't go on, because it hadn't been fully latched. And then I was like, well, we're just brushing our teeth in here, and it just wasn't working. And then I look back at my girlfriend, and uh, the uh, that would have been my final chance at the Mile High Club. Uh, great, great story. I was going to say. Had, she had already been fully dressed, and like there was no, there, it, she, it, I'm lucky she didn't dump me on the flight. Yeah, I'm 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 bummed you didn't dump something on the flight, but still, it's almost <laughs> yeah. better that you makes for a better story. Can you imagine going through customs now at that point needing a release? It was a, it was a it was a rough customs line. I'll tell you, you that. You much. were carrying some. You had something to declare. <laughs> yes, that's right. Are, are, are you bringing anything into the country <laughs> that you need to declare? And you're like, unfortunately, I've got, yes. I've got thousands of excess little e's. <laughs> You were like, uh, what's that movie with Johnny Depp where he's a drug smuggler? Blow. You 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 were like a you you were like an extra from Blow. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I wanted to just real quick. I wanted to get David Letterman retired this week or, or announced his retirement. Ed. Yes. And I feel like that's a big. That's just beyond the fact that it's a sign that we're getting old. That's part of it. I mean, anybody that's our age, around our age, even older guys, I know but like my uncle my turned me, yeah, my uncle turned me on to Letterman when I was a kid. He is such a cultural icon for us and he did it so differently than everyone else. And I feel like he probably should have, you know, turned in his wrestling shoes 10 years ago because he's he's been mailing it in for a while and he's not really on the radar, but he he's still him. And he's still the best. I mean, he's he was the original rebel. He was the first guy that just did it by not giving a fuck. And he didn't – a lot of times you see people that don't give a fuck now, and they're trying not to give a fuck. And but it's, it's a manufactured not give a fuck. Totally. I agree 100 percent. And Letterman was organic. He was blowing up TV executives on his show. He just did not care. He, he was the original TV rebel and – he, you know, people would be scared to be interviewed by him because he wouldn't take their bullshit. He would make them look bad if they looked bad. And th- that's the thing that always struck me and that I think he will be remembered for is they always said that Johnny Carson was the master of making his guests look good. And to me, Letterman was always the master of making his guests look like themselves. So if a guy was a douche – He made them bring their A game. Yeah, like, yeah. If you just showed up with no agenda, you weren't going to say something funny like – you were going to fail miserably. Yeah, it's it's he really was the best, and it's it's really the end of an era. And you know, I'm happy for the guy. He's a miserable guy, obviously, or he appears to be a miserable guy. But he, he I love. I still I still watched him in the DVR age. I would just uh, record every show and then just kind of zip through it like once a week, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I did that for a while too, where I would just watch. I would like watch till he got to the guest. And then I would fast right. forward to the musical guest usually if it was a good one. But uh, yeah, he, he's, defi- he's definitely still worth a watch. He, he still has a little bit of that magic left even if he's not – doesn't have the same fire that he used to. But it's kind of a bummer. Like yeah. In, in recent years, I'd say my highlights – like obviously in the old days, he would just do these random bits where he would go you know, harass uh, NBC executives or yeah. – you know, different things like that. But like in recent years, when Joaquin Phoenix came on with like this agenda that he was going to run a con on Letterman. Right. And so like that was the that was like one of those times where even Letterman, who was somewhat on autopilot, 
like when a guy came in and he was trying to do something different and like trying to do something silly at Letterman's expense and he was filming that like fake documentary and Letterman just ran him right out of the gym. Yeah. Like, just he, skewered him and then ran up the score on it. Yeah. Like, he had sunglasses on. Like you you don't – you do that to Leno. Like Leno's a softy. Right. He's a pushover. You don't do that to Letterman. He's too tough. That, that, was a, that was a bad strategic move on my man Joaquin Phoenix who's been quite the topic of conversation on this show. That's true. Maybe we That's get, true. Maybe we get him as a guest. We we know somebody who knows somebody who had sex with you. Right. We, we got we got stuff. We heard and you, my yeah. I was gonna say, and my personal favorite of recent with Letterman is when Paris Hilton got out of jail, and she he was like one of the first interviews, and she was pitching some like fragrance line or clothes, and I remember he just kept asking her about prison, and she goes, oh, "I'm not interested in talking about that, Dave." And he goes, "Well, here's the thing." That's the only thing I'm interested in talking about. <laughs> but he's, the way he said it with a smile on his yeah. face and a laugh, it's, it's like, like you could never – Leno would never say that. Yeah, like, never. And he just didn't care. He didn't care. What? Oh, is Paris Hilton going to boycott my show? Like boo-hoo. Yeah. That was the thing. He wasn't, he wasn't like concerned. He never – he didn't beat Leno for 15, 20 years, whatever it was. Like he always lost to Leno, but that wasn't the thing. He had security at CBS, so he just did whatever the fuck he wanted. Right. I Love think, that guy. I think it's sort of stuck in his craw that he, he didn't beat Leno. But the thing is, is that the most popular thing is never the best thing. All that is is an indictment of America. That's totally. not an indictment of, of the quality of the program. The number one rated show on television is NCIS. Do you know anybody that's ever seen NCIS? I, I, I don't – aside from sports – I don't think I've watched CBS in yeah, maybe since I was in like eighth grade. No, 60 Minutes maybe. Yeah, 60 Minutes, sure. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll watch that. That doesn't count. But, right. Yeah. All right. Well, like fair- random shows, no. Right. Farewell, Dave. You're the fucking man. I, you're just one of my all-time heroes and idols, and you are, for most guys my age, I think, and anybody that has a clue that grew up in, in our era loves you. So, uh, Ed, the final four, the – NCA championship popped off, and wouldn't you know it was between just off probation Connecticut and eventually on probation Kentucky. What would you think about that final four? Connecticut, for some reason, gets has always gotten a full uh, like a free pass. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's because it's close to ESPN and they've they've had a good relationship with the school, but like it's also just become this especially in the New York area, like it's become also a bandwagon team. Like I, I, I've known a couple of people who have gone to UConn, but for the most part, it's just like, you know, this random team. And if, if you had ever seen stores, Connecticut, like you would not be on the bandwagon. It's like the worst place on earth. It, it's always a little curious when there, a school comes out of nowhere and suddenly becomes a powerhouse Take well, Connecticut's a good example. For a while, when Mr. Calipari was there, UMass was was right. making runs in the NCAA tournament, and they even went to a eventually vacated Final Four. But it's always a little curious, and no one seems to ask questions like, "Why are all these guys going to the University of Connecticut?" How no stores they, Connecticut? It's not like Connecticut right on the edge of New York City. It's just dirt stick. Connecticut. Yeah. Why, why do so many guys from L.A. decide to go to Kansas to go to college? <laughs> right. 
Right. You, you know, it's almost like they need to be offered an extra incentive. Something, something. It's maybe it's just the quality of their education. Yeah. Oh, of course. That's what they're going for. I mean, the high, the high edu- uh, academic standards. And sa- same with Calipari. Wherever he goes, I mean, everywhere he's gone, has e- gone on probation. Ev- yeah. Everywhere. Yes. Yes. He's Memphis went. He, UMass. He showed up to Kentucky, and he'd never been to a Final Four because the two he'd gone to previously had been vacated. That's that a record that will never, never be broken. Two separate schools. Two vacated Final Four. It should be the first thing on his resume. It, he should have to wear a tie that says two vacated Final Fours at two different schools. That should be his punishment from the NCAA. And I get when people say, oh, you can't really compete without breaking rules. I get that there are certain rules that are broken yeah. at any big-time school. But to be put on probation at these places means you have to be egregious in your violations. Like that shows you're super dirty because you can't even operate under the dirty uh, setup they already have. And, and, and if that's the case, and it is the case, let's be honest, the, the rules are bent every day and they need to be. But put it on Front Street. Be like, hey, look, we have to do this. This is the only way to do it. Stand up and say that. that's the thing that always drove me crazy about Lance Armstrong is that, yeah, he cheated. But he, act, he acted holier than thou and he draped himself in his fucking cancer cloak. And when he should have just said, look, you have to do this. This I'm riding my bike up a mountain. It. Right. Now he's saying it. It's impossible to win the Tour de France without without drugs. It is. And everyone knows that it is. So just say it and put it on Front Street. And Calipari to me, he's so greasy. I was <laughs> I was actually kind of hoping that they would win and obviously not because I like him. Au contraire. It's just that when the NCA comes with the sanctions and you know that they're going to, I want the Cats to vacate not one but two national championships right. to bookend his two already vacated final fours. But of those two schools, UConn or Kentucky, I actually – I wasn't thinking I would, but I found myself pulling for Kentucky because at least he's just upfront greasy. Yes. Like UConn has been running this like weird rogue program that, that nobody's talking about. And it's been I – mean, they've won what, four titles since 99? Like – yeah. And they got they were on probation last year, but still people don't talk about it like a dirty program. Yeah, and so. Jim yeah, Jim Calhoun seems to dodge it. Like he was super dirty. He bounced. You know, he oh, I want to retire, like right before they got probation right. and now he wants to coach again. And yeah, you almost have to like Calipari because he literally drips cheese. Like, hey John, what's that running down the back of your neck? Is that Velveeta? And no, no one ever calls him on it. It should, it should be the first thing on his resume. Here's John Calipari, the coach who'd never been to a Final Four before coming to Kentucky since they were both vacated. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, yeah it's super greasy. Um, the other thing about the Final Four, Jim Nance. Oh. Hello, friends. Oh. Hello, friends. Just the worst. And he's, he's got to be a top five worst. Guy. He, he's really so vanilla. Okay, here's he's he's not the worst. Joe Buck's the worst. Joe Buck's the the absolute worst because he's pious, boring, and just he's, he thinks he's funny, which is to me the worst quality of all. He's not. Yeah, he thinks he's funny. He's not funny. He's very pious. You're right about that. That's a great great analysis. He's so monotone. He, he called the David Tyree catch. It almost sounded like he was <laughs> yawning. 
It's the, it's yeah. the most amazing thing that's ever happened in the Super Bowl, and you would never know it unless you saw the visual because the way he called it was just like, oh, Manning breaks free, over the middle, caught. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Good you, job, buddy. You really sold that. You know who you know who dodges a lot of bullets but sucks? Mike Tarico. Tarico, um, if I if memory serves me correctly, I think he one once upon a time got a little grabby with ESPN staffers. Yeah, he he was known to perv around. It's documented in that ESPN book. He he was super <laughs> pervy, and now he calls everything and it's a yawn fest. Every time he does it, there's no <clears throat> there, there, there's more than Joe Buck, but there's very little inflection in Mike Tarico's voice. Right. He's, he's a, a real snoozer. And I'll tell you one guy that is mostly a studio guy who has shit for brains, but occasionally they throw him a bone and let him do one baseball game or one Monday night football game is Berman. Oh, but yeah. Well, Berman's the worst of the worst. But he's, he's, <laughs> Berman he's is a the worst. He's what, he's what happens like when a, uh, like a third grader gets complimented for being funny. Like he, he's the third grader that is now put in charge of ESPN. Yeah, I, I agree. He he did something – like he got there early. Right. They put him on everything when they didn't have any sports or anything and he just kind of hung around and just kept doing the same – Oh, he hit I liked that one Chula I was, Vista. I liked when I was like nine. Right or like eight, I was like, "Oh, look, that guy's got a nickname for Bert Blylevin. What, what a funny guy!" And then you realize that, like, for every one nickname, there's like a thousand horrible nicknames. Don, like, welcome, Mattingly. Yeah. Oh my God, Jeff Eagles of the Eagles. That might be the worst nickname of all time. It's just because it rhymes. Uh, yeah, Eagles is right in there. Uh, Pete Harnish Racing. Uh, you yeah. know, you know, he sits. Seems up- like the type of guy you would love to punch right in the throat. Yeah, from uh, yeah, he's supposedly a really nice guy, but he sucks. Still want to punch him? Yeah, yeah, you do. He's, <laughs> he sucks at his job for sure. Yeah, but not a pretty forgettable final four for sure. And they all are anymore. Like it's really like I was legitimately shocked when I heard that Louisville won the NCAA championship last year. Like when <laughs> you're. Shocked because it happened last year? It, well, I, I vaguely remembered it, but then I was like, okay, yeah, that did happen. But wait, it was well, last year? Remember Louisville's coach. Yeah, oh, yeah. Another guy. Yeah. Patino. Yeah, he slayed a chick. He's married. He sexed a woman. On, he told – he went to a restaurant that he normally goes to. He was at a restaurant. He realized this chick was down to sex him. And like the chivalrous romantic that he is, instead of whisking her off to the Four Seasons or the Ritz-Carlton, whatever they have, you know, the Red Roof Inn, considering it's Louisville, he just told the owner, hey, leave me the keys after you close up. Then he sexed her for all of 15 seconds on a table. Yeah, just slide slide the broccoli rob over to the side. Yeah, yeah, push push the tiramisu aside. Finish. This isn't just any woman. This was his equipment manager's wife. Right. I, well, I think he, she she became the equipment manager's wife later. She, oh, I, she, I don't know. I think yeah. they got a divorce because of this incident. I I think it was the other way. I think they they oh. they got married and divorced since. But what, what we we should well, it's it's incidental because he he sexed her for fifteen seconds ejaculated inside of her 
because <laughs> he's Catholic apparently. Even even I laugh even I laugh at this performance. <laughs> and then just bounce was like, okay, see you later. Yeah. I'm we're done. Good, like right? not not a guy that's really into her pleasure, we can say. <laughs> it's a race to the finish and he won. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> now one last thing about the final four. Tell the me. ads. The ads for Bud Light. I texted you about this. Yes. Bud Light is advertising a reclosable bottle. Right. Is there one person on earth that would drink a half a bottle of Bud Light? Like, I get it. It's shit beer, but I've, I've been in stadiums and I've slugged down a half dozen of them. Like, that's that's kind of what that beer is. Mm. To drink a half of a bottle of Bud Light means that you think it's worth saving or maybe having a little bit later. Like, like it, unacceptable. Yeah, just throw throw it in the garbage if you only want a half of one. It, but like that's that's a six or seven beer kind of beer, not not a half a beer. It's it's shit beer. You should drink it in like fourteen seconds. Like there shouldn't be. There's no reason to savor a Bud Light. Right. The only the only people I was thinking about this. The only people that I think are worse than than people that would have half a beer are those people that ask for the mini spoons so they can sample the ice cream flavors. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> can I can I try that rocky road? I yeah, like what do you need to work out? Like look at the Just flavors. Roll the dice. Yeah, look it's at only the... a few bucks. It's a few bucks. Like if you really fuck up, like all right. You if you're you're on skid row, you shouldn't be buying ice cream anyway. Like just roll the dice on those three buck scoop and go with it. Yeah, and who's like who you know what you like already. You don't need yeah, who to. doesn't have an informed opinion on ice cream right. at this point. You know you know the ingredients. And it's ice cream. You're gonna be done with it in two seconds. It, it makes me kind of wonder though, it like what's next? If they're resealing Bud Light, are they are they gonna come out with like an aged natty ice? <laughs> or or a recorkable keystone, like keystone <laughs> that comes in like a real fancy bottle? <laughs> It's got like it's got like old English font on the Keystone yeah. bottle. Yeah, you got you got to like pop, you pop it like a champagne cork, and then you got to you got to reseal it with one of those like chrome tops that snaps down over the top. The, the the gentle violin music in the commercial. I remember when old man Keystone brought out his favorite batch, <laughs> an old family recipe, and we got fucked up and chased our sisters. Don't wait! Don't spill any of the natty ice, son. Five dollars a twelve pack. Oh, good stuff. Uh, okay, uh, pro wrestling. We talked about this. What? I'm not nine years old. I don't. I. I. I couldn't believe what was happening. It was Saturday night, and I think I was watching the final four games. Maybe, maybe a Sunday. I don't know. I was watching a sporting event. And I just checked Twitter and or maybe Facebook, and I saw a ton of posts about about like wrestling, like like not not tongue in cheek references, not which means you paid you did pay per view for wrestling, but just just real like authentic wrestling references, like I can't believe Ultimate or not Ultimate Warrior, uh, Undertaker lost, and and people were they had opinions, they said oh I bet a lot of people lost money on this, like money what. This is what it's, what it's scripted. You can, how could you bet on it? Yeah, people the, know the outcome. I I saw I watched wrestling once as an adult, and it was when I went to the movie The Wrestler starring Mickey Rourke. <laughs> right, that's a good movie. 
Yeah, good movie, and uh, uh, it still uh, satiated my Marissa Tomei uh, desires. I, you know, sometimes I, I feel bad. I should I should call Marissa Tomei and apologize because sometimes I forget when I'm thinking of the great hotties, the great modern hotties. Marissa Tomei is right is, at the top of the list. She's what definitely a fucking up there, babe. Yeah, she's super sexy. To rip off to rip off a line from the great, uh, the late great J- Greg Gerardo, Geraldo, uh, she's caused me to lose more, uh, spill more seed than Muhammad Ali holding a bird feeder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, have to agree. S- such yeah, I'm I'm a big big fan of Marissa Tomei. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I also like that Undertaker. You have to call him Taker, like you know him. Yeah. Like, I saw that. And I saw a bunch of Taker tweets. Yeah. And I, what, I, what, what? what? What's going on here? I can't believe Taker lost. And it's apparently a big deal that he lost to Brock Lesnar, who I thought was in the UFC. I thought yeah, I thought he was a real, like, fighter. Like a guy who, yeah. like, mashed faces and, uh, yeah, like, did the, the – yeah, the ultimate yeah, fight in the UFC. Think, right, I right, think right. he got his ass kicked in that. So now he's had to come groveling back to the WWE and but I, apparently he doesn't rate with the fan base. Like if if air quotes Taker is going to lose, he's got to lose to like somebody they all respect. To, and I don't know who that would be, but it's not well, Brock Lesnar. I wasn't a I wasn't a wrestling guy as a kid, but I get kids are were into it or are into it. Yeah. But wasn't Undertaker when we were kids, or am I confusing him with someone else? You're a little bit you're a little bit younger than me. I think he came around towards the end of my. So yeah, he would have been a wrestler when we were children, but after yeah. I moved on from my wrestling phase. Okay. So yeah, he's he's been around a while, which is weird because usually those guys die when they're thirty nine. That's right. If it, we, I don't think we focus properly on this, but not to make light of the Ultimate Warrior passing, but uh, any death pool that you participate in, you should you should overload it like heavyweight wrestlers. Oh yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I don't. I know I've been out of the wrestling game for 28 years or so, but I didn't – I assumed that Ultimate Warrior was dead already. Yeah. He looked like the kind of guy that was giving his heart as much as it could take in 1987. <laughs> I can't believe I'm laughing at somebody this time. But. I know. I, it is sad because I, I think he had kids he had and all. Kids. Like I get it, but – you these guys I I maybe I'm gaining too many facts from the movie The Wrestler, but it seems like it's either cocaine or steroids that is just what you're doing. To, it's to a pretty hard life. And and they showed him I guess he just made an appearance like this weekend on at maybe at WrestleMania. I'm not sure, but I saw a clip and he's he was still very red. He was yelling, spitting, had a lot of like veins in his neck, Had a, was wearing a jacket with an airbrush picture of a younger version of himself on it. Like it's not really much of a shot. Also looked a little unnaturally muscular still in his 50s. It's not a shock to me that maybe he had taxed his body to the limit over the years. 
And I, I think I mentioned uh, around the Super Bowl that my buddy did the uh, Radio Shack ad. They tried to get Ultimate Warrior for the commercial. Yeah. And when he found out Hogan was involved, he told him, no, either him or me. <laughs> I love that they all hate each other. Everybody <laughs> hates Hulk Hogan because he was like the face of the thing for, the, for a long time. He probably, he probably made ten times the yeah. rest of them combined. Yeah, he was – I'm sure that's what it was. I mean he might have been a cocksucker, but like uh, – Ultimately, ultimately for the Ultimate Warrior, it was about, I'm sure, just dough. That guy was – Hulk Hogan got paid. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he was probably making like $2 million in the 80s and the rest of them were making like eighty grand and having to fly to Des Moines every Friday night, you know? So being the good friend, I've, I've told my friend that that probably got his heart – Beating a little overtime, and clearly that that death is on his hand. Yeah, you know, not suggesting not, it's in the commercial that he he had pinned his hopes on that Super Bowl commercial. Also, like somebody's <laughs> offering to put you in a Super Bowl commercial, you might get some appearances out of it, maybe a speaking engagement. It's going to take you half a day to shoot. How about you put your that petty guy has grievances made a aside? Appearance since Alf was on the air, and he's going to turn shit down, a Super Bowl commercial down. Right. I like I said, I thought he was dead, and so did everybody else, but. Thoughts and Rest prayers. Rip Ultimate <laughs> Warrior. I didn't I'm, – I'm sorry that you're gone. Uh, I'll, uh, real quick, you – Mickey Rooney died and you brought this up. You, you think, I know it was a bit of a layup. But, <laughs> yeah, yes. I was but, shocked to learn that he was only 93 as we're trampling on people's graves here. But you yeah, – I think you – we're, If we're going – if we're burning in hell, we might as well just go down hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did pick him in the uh, death pool. That we should, did that should be the podcast points. in December. So yeah, you know that that, that should be negative points peace. for you. Rest in peace, but one point in the Ed victory column. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one, but barely. <laughs> All right, it's time. Joining us now, everybody's favorite. She's going to keep like Ed and I don't know about about wrestling, obviously, but we really don't know about what's popping off in Us Weekly or Star or Radar Online, TMZ, People Magazine. Or just really almost anything in the world right now. Really? She's our connection to actual society. Really, that's really true. I'm, I'm very insulated from pretty much everything except my favorite topics, and these are not them. So let's bring her on now. Joining us now with Fancy Pop. Baller Lifestyle's own pop culture correspondent, Fancy Sauce. How you doing, Fancy? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, Fancy. We're we're well. I got some um, I got some exciting celebrity news. That's good because Ed, Ed and I, as you know, are completely insulated from this type of information. We're hashtag hetero. We don't we don't know about pop culture and what happens. Although I tried to hashtag something hetero on Twitter today and and somebody responded, yeah, like guys who watch The Bachelor. Oh. And I, I oh yeah, I had, I had to slink away because that guy that guy had me. That was a sick burn. He got me. Uh, so fancy, tell us what is happening in the world of pop culture that Ed and I need to know All about. Right, here's a hetero here's a straight hetero story for you. Johnny Depp, during a press conference for his new film in Beijing, was rocking his fiance Amber Heard's diamond ring. Not <laughs> just at a press conference, the, the episode where Letterman retired, he was wearing uh, it too. Really? Yes. yes, I watched it. He was there wearing a, a fucking engagement ring. So, what's she wearing? Well, she's got another one. Apparently, um, like one was too big, so he wore it. So now she's like 
got an even bigger one that she's wearing. So they both they're both wearing rocks on their fingers. Engagement at this at this point, Johnny Depp. Let's be honest. He's eighty percent scarfs. He's right. the other sixty percent is bracelets and hats. A lot of fan uh, jewelry on that guy. A lot. He's got a lot of rings. A lot happening. He speaks in an accent. He's very affected. I, very affected. I, well, I, I, I don't know. You know I, I think. Uh, man, but I, I couldn't have sex with him. I, I would, I wouldn't be able to not laugh because he. Well, there's so much. There's so much jewelry. You could get hurt. I, I'm glad you said that, Kate, because I feel like that. Then that's where I was kind of going. I feel like the he's lucky that he's got his hooks into a 27 year old model at this point, as a 50 year old man, by the way. Because I feel like the bloom, if it isn't already, is nearly off the Johnny Depp rose. Like he, his sex symbol status is about to slip away. And as much as, as affected as he is and he pretends to be not Hollywood, you know, like all actors, he's a narcissist and that plays into his ego being this hot, mysterious guy that every chick wants to bang. I feel like that's slip, slip, slipping away from Johnny Depp. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like some men can get away with it though. I mean, who's a good example? I mean, his doppelganger, Keith Richards, Although yeah. he, but nobody wants to bang. He's, been married yeah, he's not a sex symbol. He's a he's a rock star, he's a, but he's he's, he's really not a sex symbol. Dip. Yeah, but um, but the thing well, about Johnny I'm, Depp is each each of these movies that he promotes, the pirate movies. I mean, there's probably been yeah. four of them. He becomes more of a pirate. Like if they yeah. do another two he, sequels, he's going to go full peg leg. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> He he is more pirate at this no, point. You know, you know, you know, Jimmy. I, I just felt like it was it was more true to the role if I if I if I just sawed off my leg and put a wooden peg there. What is that accent? Who, who is it? who I've is never, he? Pretty good impression. I, I've never heard Ed do an impression before. That was great. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that he's wearing the ring, but it, of course it gets pressed. Like, how does anybody even notice he's uh, he's got twenty eight other rings on at the same time and fourteen bracelets? All rings he's rocking. He jingles like an old pair of keys when he walks down the street. <laughs> he does, <laughs> and, and he looks like a hobo. He kind of looks like an old pair of keys. Yeah, he does. In this picture I'm looking at on Us Weekly at this press conference, he's wearing he's wearing a hat that's all like it's got holes in it. Like it's like a homeless person's hat, and you know, you know, yeah. it would cost four hundred dollars. Yeah, he paid big money for that. Hey, uh, could could you before I before I take it home? Could one of you chew a hole through the top, please? That I'm 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 awed by your impression. <laughs> it's really that good. John Thank Depp. you. I'm I'm going to take this on the road. Kato, what's next? Moving on. Here's a sentence you you <clears throat> sorry. Here's a sentence you never thought you'd hear. Taylor Swift's mom and dad are accused of becoming difficult and controlling stage parents. Shocker. What <laughs> what are the odds of that? Taylor Swift who How old is looks she? L- um, 23? Yeah, she'd be 23. Yeah. You know, I she, I find her so annoying and inauthentic and a bunch of other things that I won't go into, but yeah, she's the fakest. She's she's <laughs> false. She carries herself with false humility which is the worst thing that there is. She looks like a mop. Um, she's not, she's very average pop. She's, she's disposable. She'll be gone in no time. And she's for sure 
going to have a meltdown. And these are the kind of parents that make these kind of people. Anybody that gets popular at a young age has these kind of parents. I'm I'm not shocked by this at all. These are parents that when she was 14 years old, moved the whole family from Pennsylvania to Nashville so that, you know, she could pursue a career in country music. That's a reasonable decision for grounded parents. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and she probably has siblings that are cutters now because they, everything was focused around this, you know, the, the, the girl are, that looks like a mop. And her parents aren't, you know, they're not simpletons by any means. I mean, this was a well thought out move. Her, her dad, Scott, is um, he's a wealth management advisor and senior vice president at Merrill Lynch. So wow. yeah, it's. You know, it's it's similar. Mom, it's a similar story to. Also worked, you know, for a mutual fund. So these are two people that, you know, made a calculated decision. Um, and you know, and the it, the, the bet paid off big time. She's they treated their daughter, daughter like a like a mutual fund. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. This, yeah they, they they bought low and they're going to sell high. The um the same thing happened with Beyonce. Her dad was a super wealthy Xerox executive that. Yeah you know, made her this project, but here's, she here's was smart enough between the two of them talent. <laughs> One is, uh, has a, uh, a good voice. I, I can't yeah. say I like any of her music, but one is attractive and one looks like a third grade boy that used to say, give me some skin a lot in my cafeteria. Great. Yes, Ed. Way to put a cap on it. Yeah. Uh, hope, eventually, she'll have some sort of falling out, or hopefully a breakdown, They're because I feel like the bloom is around her. Like, yeah. Everyone. And her longtime publicist, who I, I don't know, had been with her for years and years, um, just quit with sixty days' notice. So apparently, they they pay as little as possible, treat everyone like shit, because they think that all of these people are lucky to have a chance to work with a superstar like Taylor. Yeah, they'll they'll get what they deserve eventually. Um, okay, next story. Uh, next story. Uh, one of our favorite narcissists, Kanye West. Um, the, yes. the narcissist. The narcissist. The ultimate. Kanye's just appeared on rapper Future's new single uh, titled "I Won," where he raps about his most prized conquest, Kim, uh, and her ass. In the song. He says, I want to dip that ass in gold. I want to dip that ass in gold. I made it over NBA, NFL players, so every time I score, it's like the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> what, that's, that's what you hear. Yeah, haven't they both that, already planted their flag? Yeah, right. That, those it guys like hit it and quit it. track yeah. where he's like, I won. Like, been there. I, I won that ass. <laughs> and she, is that isn't that what every woman wants to be treated like a war prize? This would be Can like I if Ecuador it? Ecuador landed on the moon right now and planted their la- flag and we're like yes yes S O C K S like they've been there they're like all right great go go get after it buddy he describes her in the track as you the number one trophy wife so it's only right to live the trophy life well. She's yeah. He even says she's a trophy. Look, he's a narcissist. Super romantic. I'd be stuck yeah. if I was her. And to him, what he's trying, what she is, is an accessory to his greatness. So what he's saying is, look at what I I have something. It's like when you have like when you go to the thrift store, 
and you find like a really cool like Iron Maiden, like vintage Iron Maiden tour shirt, like tour 83 and it fits. It's like in pretty good shape. You wear it around. You're like, Hey, check out this Iron Maiden shirt. Or you don't even have to say it. People are like, Whoa, that shirt's pretty cool. And it's like, anybody could have bought that shirt, but they weren't at that thrift store that day. You were, you acquired it. You have something that's really fucking cool that other people want. And it makes you feel good about yourself. Well, narcissists do that to the nth degree. They collect people and personalities because they don't have one of their own. So he's like, Hey, look at this thing that I got. It's awesome. You want it, but I have it. Look at me. I'm amazing. And it's not even her as a person so much as her ass. It's not her as a person. Yeah, right. right. It's not her as a person. It's the thing she's known for. He's so proud of. How how can he go back to her? That's a defining feature. How can he go back to her and act like he he values their relationship in any way? Like, hey, uh, yes, I did say that it was about your ass that I want to dip in gold, but really I just value your opinion, honey. Also, once it's dipped in gold, that's like Johnny Tremaine. You can't even use it anymore. And if anyone if anyone's watched the movie Goldfinger, like dipping them in gold will suffocate them and kill them. Right, exactly. You don't want to dip maybe, anything in gold. You maybe he's advocating murder. I mean, I'm going to make a prediction here and go out on a limb and say that I can see him actually making a gold bust mold thing out of her ass. And it'll be in like the entryway of their um, mega mansion that they're building in L.A. I'm going I'm to make one more prediction about their relationship. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say these kids don't have what it takes to to last. Oh, oh my god. Ed. Don't have what it takes from Ed. But you know what? <laughs> Such a hater. <laughs> and Such is, a- is he really bragging about following a power forward? Because if there's one position in sports I don't ever want to follow with a woman, it's a power forward. Maybe defensive end. Yeah. Chris Humphreys. No matter what you think about him, he's a big dude. Like, he's got to be packing some real heat. Even Reggie Bush is much bigger than Kanye West. Huge dong. Yeah, Kanye West, not a big dude. And as I've told you, I am unapologetic about if you're famous and I am at a urinal next to you, I am definitely checking out your meat whistle. Oh, for sure. I would would do the same. I've seen athletes, and I got to tell you, most of them are staggering. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Stop it. I don't need, you know, it's, I feel like I'm, I get dong shamed every day. <laughs> I'm dong shamed every day. Just thinking about what I saw next to me with the uh, Brendan spikes. <laughs> oh, named dong name drop. That's what I do. I believe on the subject of the, of the gold, the bronzed ass, the gold asses. I feel like he could do something tasteful, some tasteful fountains around the pool where it's just like, a whole bunch of her gold asses, like all around the pool, water and, out of her ass. Yeah, shooting like like a pool and <laughs> like a chlorine enema, all water shooting into the middle. And, yeah. and how can we get this to Kanye? We he, yeah, because he, he needs he needs to have that. He does. He definitely needs to have it. I, I and I want credit. I want hey Kanye, buddy, chip me off a little finder's fee. All right, not much, just a taste. Yeah, give me a taste, like 500K or so. You got it. You got that in your couch. All right, Kate, what's the next story? Um, okay, well, I guess I'll just round this out with my uh, little Lindsay Lohan recap. 
for episode. That's what we need. Episode four and five. Episode four was kind of boring. Um, it just kind of started with Oprah's, um, you know, get your shit together visit to uh, Dina Lohan's house in Long Island. Speaking of narcissists, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Dina admits to Oprah that she might have, you know, really effed up by letting a teenage Lindsay move to California. Like, no shit. Um, right. and, saying, and date a club promoter. Right. It's dating a club promoter at, you know, 19. And she says, I didn't even know the names of half the drugs she was on. I mean, like any good enabling parent. <laughs> it sounds like good parenting. I think Dr. Spock wrote, wrote about that in his parenting book. Yeah. How about, you, how about you put her on a plane back to Long Island as soon as you find out she's dating a club promoter? Oh, oh right. Because you were her manager and you needed her to chip you off that 10%. Yeah. Kathy, I have to ask you one thing about this show for somebody who, who might not have uh, found out what channel the Oprah channel is. Uh, what <laughs> – what uh what is the angle of the show? Is it just following around a train wreck or is she like in the middle of filming a movie or like what what exactly is the the kind of narrative of the show? Well, the narrative Rehab? of the show as as I understood was to kind of like show her show her kind of like sobriety oh. which is falling which is falling apart in front of our eyes. And her kind right. of like getting her life back on track. Like this is her one big shot. Like she's she's done like a good stint in rehab. She's told everybody that this time she's not fucking around. She wants to get her life back and her career back on track. So I yeah, that's what I thought it was about. So this is supposed yeah, to show the best of her. This is like her best side. Yeah, to prove to everybody that she's hireable again. Mm. What now? I haven't seen episode five, Kate. I'm only through four. I didn't realize they were an hour. I've watched four of them, and I was on fifty eight, the fifty eighth minute of episode four, and I'm like, what fifty eight minutes? This is like a special. Like, why is this one so long? And then I realized they've they've all been an hour. Uh, What what happened on episode five? Well, at the end of episode four, um, just quickly, her her um, one of her veneers falls off. Which is quite oh, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> and she has to go to the dentist. And Was she eating hard candy or just fell off? I don't know. It wasn't really explained. It's just one. She woke up in the middle of the night and it had come out or something. So, um, for some reason, though, she has to have she has to have a she has to be put under, you know, with a to, combination yeah. of Valium, fentanyl, and propofol. Which, if you don't know, that's quite a cocktail. Yeah, she needs an anesthesiologist to come to the dentist and put her to sleep so they can glue a a piece of a tooth back to the other piece. Like normally they wouldn't even give you Novocaine for that. Right, is going like, yeah, I need to be put under. Like I need those drugs. I can't can't do do it without it. So of course they give her the drugs and the director asks her, does this mean you're breaking your sobriety? And – Lindsay, you know, replies no because those drugs wear off. Like what? At, what? As opposed yeah. to like the drugs that keep you flying yeah. high for like months. As opposed to well, the it's... joint I I smoked in high school that is still under effect right now. Yeah, yeah, that never wore off. The the <laughs> martini I had last Saturday night, I'm still feeling the effects. <laughs> All right. So um, last night's sorry on Sunday night's episode. Episode five, Lindsay admits that she has, in fact, 
fallen off the wagon. Yeah, no surprise. Do you see it or just hear her talk about it? Um, you no, you you don't see it, but she talks about it. So basically, what happens is. She goes to L.A. to take some meetings, and she's supposed to stay with her uh, life coach, A.J., while she's there. But um, she gets in a bit of a thing with A.J. before uh, before she takes off because A.J. I, I, had – Real quick, <laughs> I, I was happy to learn that A.J. played a small role in the first House Party movie. <laughs> Fun fact. I got to okay, go tell on. you, if I'm picking a uh, life coach, the first thing I'm going to ask them is – were you in one of the house party movies? Yeah. I I don't get my life coached by anybody that wasn't in at least one of the house parties. Or or save that uh, at least one of the later police academies. <laughs> There's a checklist on my on my life coach uh application that says true or false, kid and play danced in your movie. <laughs> <laughs> true, you're in. All right. Continue, Cato. Um, basically, what happens is, you know, AJ Johnson has the nerve to ask Lindsay about her sobriety on camera. Um, you know, as they're taping a scene for a, a reality show that is about Lindsay Lohan's sobriety. And Lindsay says to her, it's... Why did you just say that on camera? And AJ <laughs> tells her that Dina, the mom, had told her she was back to drinking. Um, and then oh AJ said she found a bottle of wine in her house. And Lindsay's oh my god! And then Lindsay says Dina is actually the one who's drinking again, is and is simply projecting onto her. And she says there's certain things that I don't want to talk about that I feel pressure to talk about. Um, you know, which is exactly the point of what this show is about. It's like no one's told her what the show's about. It's bizarre. So she gets all upset, and <laughs> basically she takes off to L.A. and blows AJ off. Doesn't doesn't call her, doesn't return her calls, and also doesn't go to a meeting um, with a big Sony exec that AJ has set up for her. Just um, sleeps in, wakes up at noon, she says. And the, um, AJ's getting her meetings? Wait, AJ's a baller. Wait, she, AJ, she missed AJ, a meeting and she was sober at the time? Apparently she said she woke up at noon and the meeting was at 1230 and um, so she didn't quite make it. Um, what she sleeps half the day every day. But what sober on, person does that? If you're, yeah, if you're sober, you never sleep into the afternoon. No, no, never. No, Concur. Exactly. Agreed. Um, so basically, while in LA, the tabloids question Lindsay's sobriety, and here's what. Can I play this clip? Here's what she says. Yeah. My friend and I went to pick up food, and she had had two of her friends over, and you know she had wine out. My bag's near it. I'm rushing. That's when I was going to the airport. And someone takes a picture, and then there's a million stories. Okay, first of all, there's a picture of her in someone's house reaching for a bottle of wine. She just mm. says now, my friend and I were going to pick up food, and I was reaching for my bag. And in the same sentence, she says it, it was when I was going to the airport. So I don't know. Already there, it doesn't make sense. Then she goes on to say, I don't give it any life because there's no truth to it. And the more that I energy, I feel like the more people will come, like, feed on that. Anyway, then, then now she admits to drinking alcohol a month before. Being in recovery mm. a place where you're in this little bubble and everything is safe around you. It's really hard. And I jumped right into a relationship and I jumped right into a relationship where we weren't on the same page. I wasn't considering the fact that the person I was seeing, their strength. 
and I had a glass of wine and I was like, I didn't, and, and that was it, but it was that I just had so much guilt and it's, and it's okay to admit it. It's really scary. Like it's so, um, yeah, her sobriety is going really well. I, got, I gotta say now. one, one thing, one thing that's probably worse than her falling off the wagon, like for studio executives, is every time she talks, it sounds like it's the fucking omen. What, what's with that music in the background? That's <laughs> my god! And, <laughs> that's the scariest music ever. Somebody's coming out of those that's... edges with a hatchet when she talks. And that cigarette voice. It sounds like she's waking up every morning and eating a carton of cigarettes before she before AJ makes her her omelet. The funniest part of episode five to me, though, was she has all her stuff delivered from L.A., like boxes and furniture. And, like, it's a huge truck. It's like, I don't know, it's the biggest truck there is. And these moving guys start bringing up all these boxes. And basically, she's asleep till noon again. And of course. she finally gets up and starts freaking out that there's boxes in her apartment on moving day and that there's so many boxes. Well, she, she's clearly a hoarder. Um, I, I need to know because I know that eventually she fires the assistant, Matt. But I need to know if anyone is going to acknowledge his hairpiece before this series ends because it's I'm obsessed with it. It looks like it's made of some sort of netting with hair on top. It may or may may not be sewn to his real hair. He's a fancy Matt with a hairpiece and a three-piece. I love him. Yeah. I love him. He needs his own show, and I need a, an episode of that show to be devoted to his hair. What is it? Is it glued on? Is it sewed on? Is it plugs? I don't think it's plugs. It's not. Uh, I need to know what is going on with that my, kid's hair and why he's always wearing a suit. My favorite, my favorite Matt, um, Matt scene in this episode is that Lindsay can't find a sheet, a fitted sheet to put on her bed. And Matt has told, since told all the movers, that um, there's too many boxes, so we can't fit the furniture in. So he's asked them to put every single box back on this truck. The truck is filled oh, with boxes. And the moving guys are like, basically, they go, the reloading process never happens. This is the second time in 25 years this has happened. So after the truck is completely reloaded and they can't find a fitted sheet for her bed, Fancy Matt goes downstairs and says to the bros, hey, guys, do you think you could find and pull out that box of bedding? <laughs> you guys look at him like, no, go fuck yourself. How about Matt runs to Bed Bath & Beyond? Where, where is this right. place? And the best part is that she, has, she goes and, and tries to sell some of her, you know, uh, designer clothes downstairs. There's a, a consignment store that takes designer stuff. So they give her like the value of the stuff um, that she takes down. They give her like $4,000. She then, instead of taking the cash and going and buying some sheets from Bed Bath & Beyond, she immediately goes and finds stuff in the store that she's just sold to other stuff valued more than $4,000 and buys it. So really good love it. being made. I love it. And, that, well, and that's about uh, it. That's what happens. Oh, outstanding. AJ, AJ basically, when she comes back from L.A., Lindsay gives her the runaround, and um, she cancels filming, and she cancels meetings with her, and basically AJ's like, I'm done. I can't help her. AJ's a professional. I get that. She's out. I understand where AJ's coming from. Team AJ. Right. I'm Team AJ. So everyone's just 
um, everyone's getting sick of the bullshit pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, I can see it. She's Lindsay's a mess. Even if she's not drinking and drugging again, she's white knuckling her sobriety. She should be in hospital dealing with herself and her issues and her shitty, shitty upbringing by horrible narcissistic parents. But we'll see. We'll see. Hey, let's watch. Let's watch her downfall because it's on TV. Good job, Oprah. I'm watching. There's no way I'm not. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you. That's it. That's all. All right, good job, Fancy Sauce. Excellent work, as always. Everybody loves your segment. Remember, guys, fancy sex at theballerlifestyle.com. Submit your sex and relationship questions to be answered. What's that? It can help you. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you'll get a male and female perspective from Fancy Sauce and myself, or you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll figure out. We'll, we'll go on a case by case basis. Uh, also, send your just general show stuff for Ed and I to answer to mailbag at theballerlifestyle dot com. We'd love interacting that way, and we want to find ways to get more and more involved with the listener. So check out, uh, send us an email to mailbag at theballerlifestyle dot com. All right, guys. Good job today. Peace yeah, and good job, us. All right. Yeah, good job, us. Uh, all right. For Ed Daly, for Fancy Sauce, I'm Brian Beckner. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. We'll check you next week. Bye. Bye. All right. Good job, guys. I never know how many buys you can buy today. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I feel like I, uh, I already gave my closing. That's okay. Um, we'll... I'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs>